Welcome to the Learn Beach Volleyball Fast podcast, the podcast where we apply the science of mastering skills faster, stories of successful people, life hacking concepts, and other cool stuff to the sport of beach volleyball. If you're someone who is serious about getting better at the sport and wouldn't mind accelerating your learning curve and career with ideas that have been previously hard to find within the beach volleyball space, you'll probably like it in here. I'm Alex, the host of the podcast as well as the creator of the bigger Learn Beach Fall Fast project. Now, let's get started. up Alex here hope you're doing fine wherever you happen to be in the world during these crazy times fall 2020 this is probably one that's going to go to history books uh, anyway I hope that this podcast is going to give you a small little break in all of this craziness that's uh, going on around us uh, I hope you listen to part one and part two of you and mine's conversation so then you're gonna understand this is just part three we continue talk about some there's a couple more interesting things that we actually talk about so yeah let's get started next question so i've learned that you played probably more uh more than one hour of poker in your life yes <laughs> uh and uh, i i see myself a little bit as like uh well i i try to be a, a sports hacker at least like i try to sort of understand how to do something better than something else and and, uh, a fundamental problem I think in beach volleyball is that it is a small sport which means that there isn't too much research there isn't too many people in general in total that have really thought about how to do the journey of becoming a beach volleyball player better so sometimes I go and and read books from other sports like soccer or or baseball or or basketball, uh, just yep. because there's been more resources put down. Yeah, uh, I think poker. There has been quite a lot of thinking into. Yeah, and I know you have had poker coaches and yeah, and all that good stuff that we should all be doing. As soon <laughs> as there's a lot of money involved, I mean, people will research. People will do the do the stuff, do the hours. Yeah, exactly, because it's so so uh, clear what they will get yeah. out of it. Um, so sometimes I. I really enjoy asking people what's kind of the best things they learned in something and and then try to map out if it's possible to transfer that knowledge somehow into beach volleyball. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. Well, just I, I, I've been play, playing poker professionally since 2003. So I have... <laughs> 16 years. Yeah, it's, I mean, and it, it's been my uh, main income for all those years. Uh, and I've put in so many hours studying the game. It's it's uh, and I mean it's just you get two cards, five cards are put on the table, and you get to bet money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it shouldn't be sixteen years of studies uh, no. if you look at it. But it's it's uh, I guess the same as uh, chess or go or whatever. Um, There's a lot of layers to it. Yeah. Guessing. Yeah. But some of the big things, and I think this is probably um, destroyed me a little bit because one of the things that you are constantly looking for small edges. Okay. And I think for for a 
for a long time that uh, sort of spilled over to the to my normal life that I was constantly looking for ways uh. to save time, save money, be more efficient, do this better. Um, because it's it's always going to be me against a couple of other players. And uh-huh. if I can get a small edge, then I will take it. <laughs> so it's a little bit like that. Uh, will this make the bike faster? Yeah, it's it's exactly the the marginal gains uh, theory. Uh, if you can if you can make the screw one uh, percent of a gram lighter, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll do it. If I can have a better uh, software helping program than the other guy, yeah. I want it. Uh-huh. If I can play seven tables instead of six, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that can. I think that's a very good mentality sometimes. But I can see how it could overspill and actually kind of do damage. Yeah, we we and, used and to become stressful. We used to joke that uh, you know someone's a professional poker player if they uh, go out of their apartment. Uh, and run over and press the elevator button and then go back and lock their door <laughs> while the elevator is coming up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of thing that, uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing that happened all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I have definitely seen a little bit of that in myself yep. throughout the years too. Yeah. Then there's um, something really interesting. Um, one of the personal development programs I've done talks about being... Uh, some people are penny wise but dollar foolish. Yeah. Which basically means that when you are too focused on these small gains, yep. you actually put down energy into it and your attention, which sometimes might make you miss bigger opportunities. Yep. Uh, because if we're constantly trying to fix everything, everything, everything a little bit better, yep. well, what if there's a completely different system? What if there's yep. something completely different that we should actually be doing? Yep. Um, and that's a big thing. I think it, it's it's a big thing in poker, and I think it's a big thing in beach volleyball. Uh, how you have to sometimes take a step back. There was actually in poker a couple of years ago a new uh, software came out, which basically uh, enables you to solve how a computer can solve how you should play uh, in a certain spot. You don't have to guess anymore and think, yeah, this is probably best. You can know for sure. Okay. This is the best way to play in this spot. So people dive deep into this and put in hundreds of hours. And then a couple of years after the program came out, the sort of consensus is, yeah, we can know how to play, but we can never play that way because only a computer can can randomize their play style uh, like that. So people put in a lot of time uh-huh. into trying to mimic the computer's way of playing. And in the end, uh, the solution is we can't play that way, so we have to play go back to a more simple way again. Okay, interesting. So it was a lot but of sort of time. influenced by the computer solutions. So the program isn't a waste of a waste of time, but the people who spent uh, hundreds or maybe thousands of hours uh, studying the program didn't get as much out of it as they probably yeah. wanted. The interesting thing is that the people that did spend that time, they were probably thinking that everybody who's studying the normal game are, yep. are doing the small marginal games, yep. and I'm going for the big fish yep. here. Yep. <laughs> but then it suddenly didn't work out. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting twist on the whole. And I mean, I, th- I think this is applicable for beach volleyball as well. I think the alcohol uh, discussion is uh, is exactly that. 
I mean, you can you can go drill your your handsets, your server saves, and whatever. But if you go partying twice every week, uh, spend all your money on drinks and beer, maybe you should take a step back and think of why you try to become the best uh, Alex Beach Volleyball player with your one hand tied to your back. Uh huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, taking a step back and thinking about why you're doing uh, stuff is uh, is uh, very important, I think, both in poker and beach football. There's a really good uh, mental uh, coach. Uh, his name is Elliot Lowe, an American guy, I think, uh, who has specialized in poker mental uh, training, uh, written a couple of books. He coaches sports guys and CEOs and stuff as well. Uh-huh. But I mean, the mental side of poker is uh, also one of the big things that I, if I had known, I sort of was forced to learn this stuff. I was interested before, but for poker, I mean, you do lose yeah. big sums of money sometimes and how to handle that and don't uh, let that affect your play in future hands, future sessions. In general, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So... Taking a bad beating, getting stuff blocked, uh-huh. and moving on to the next one. Taking the the blue uh, pill instead of the red one from the midget. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, there was uh, there's two ways I want to go down from here. First, I'll go go down the first one. So I I really agree with the, taking a step back and actually looking at what is ahead of us and what's the smartest way to, to go forward and sort of the heart of this, this project, like actually asking the little bit bigger yeah. questions sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so when I did that in the beginning, 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 I, I sort of mapped out that I think in, in rough terms, there's beach volleyball is, is technique, like the, the actual skills you do. Uh, it's uh, mental the mental skills you have it's tactical and strategies yeah. like how to actually be smart and play against a certain team and uh, there's also like how physical are you like how athletic and there's millions of other things too but those are like the big three yeah. tactics technique and and mental yeah and uh, i feel like people in general like the status quo is to sort of skip the mental part and like work a little bit on on tactics and a little bit on skills and just like do that randomly like half hazardly like just whatever happens happens yeah uh which i don't i don't believe is the smartest way to go go about it uh but do you have any thoughts like my basically what i landed in was i i learned some sports psychology that allowed me to learn skills faster. Yeah. And then I sort of think as as strategies and tactics as like the topping. But like if you don't have the skills, the strategies don't matter that much. Like like up to a certain level you can get get by with with kind of bad skills if you, you're really good strategically and have good mentality. Maybe, yeah there's yeah i can depends on what level you look at but but it's um how would you approach the sport if you started today 
if you had five years to become good and you were ground zero, what would you do? If it, it always comes back to the one question, is that the only goal? Is it uh, like, uh, does this help me become a better beach volleyball player? Yeah, then I'll do it. Nothing else matters. It's one approach. Uh, if it's, I want to try and become good at beach volleyball, but I also want to have a, a good time at the same time. It becomes a different approach, I think. Okay. But I, I, I would, I would go all three at the same time. I at, think putting in time. the putting in the hours is really important. But I mean, one of one of the problems with new beach volleyball players, young beach volleyball players, is that they very rarely get the best coaches. Because mm-hmm. the best coaches, for natural reasons, end up with the elite teams. Yeah. So what you have is new players who get coached by uh, trainers, coaches uh, who don't really have the technical skills to uh-huh. teach good technique. Uh, and then you end up with... Uh, Technique that gets automated yeah. that will later be hard to change. And but I mean, if it, it, it one of the biggest questions that I want people to ask when, during the training uh, uh, courses is why do we do stuff? Why do you do this drill? Uh-huh. Why do you stand there when when we do this drill? Why don't you stand over there? What's the purpose of the drill? Uh-huh. So. Um, I think I lost much uh, train of thought again. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know either. Uh, what was the question? It was about yeah, yeah, about, yeah, about big, big, yeah, b- the big three: tactics, uh, skills, and mental. Uh, I, I mean, if if you really want to become the 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 best player you can, and you have five years, I would do all three. I think putting in the the hours is really important. But I think if may, maybe if you put in three months in the beginning making sure that the next 500 hours you would train the right technique uh-huh that would be yeah. time well spent so yeah. maybe before you even touch the ball you would make sure that you knew how it would look one of my old yeah. partners grew up with his big brother watching old avp footage uh-huh and uh, he is one of the best technical players uh, around okay. even if you look internationally and oh, is that morten christiansson Okay. We used to play on the Swedish tour. Interesting. Yeah. Is there a video of him? I don't know. He played the veterans uh, Swedish champs uh, last year or the year before, I think. Okay. And he just watched a bunch of AVP? Yeah, yeah. He grew up watching AVP uh, yeah. with his older brother. So I, I think if to, to, to really do it the right way, make sure you do, put some time in first to make sure you do the right things. But uh-huh. I. Most of the time, you need someone watching you to make sure that yeah. when you start, that it's it's what it is. Yeah. You can video yourself. Yeah. So exactly. And I mean, maybe I would put tactics later. Okay. Uh, a little bit. So actually, a little bit agree with me there. Yeah. Uh, and then because I the... I feel like sometimes people over rely on tactics and just then they're like oh whatever I can play with whatever technique yeah which to a certain point is is always true i think it's i think it's the the quickest wins in terms of points you get out of tactics 
So I almost yeah. think it's like the, like, uh, I know you said, said slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. It, it gives you a lot of instant gratification. Yeah. And then you're, you're like, hey, this gives me so much. Maybe I should do more of this. But I think it has sort of a maximum limit yeah. at one point. I have I have another theory about the mental uh, stuff, and that's when older, um, experienced players play the young guns, and the young guns do well in the beginning and win the first set, and then end up losing a tight second and crashing fifteen-three in the third. Uh-huh. I don't think it's because of experience per se. I think it's because the young players have trained all the uh playing skills they've trained hand setting passing serving uh weightlifting and whatever they they've done all that but they haven't put in dedicated hours of mental training which means that the older guys have they probably haven't either uh-huh. <laughs> but they've been in the situation Several enough times. times that that has been their mental training mm-hmm. so Anyway, that's my theory yeah. on it. I think the young players don't have to lose the tight, uh, important games to the more experienced players. I think it's just a lack of uh, experience. Well, it, it could be a lack of experience, but it also could be seen as a lack of mental training. Yeah, yeah. Have they trained mental uh, mentally as much as they did with the uh, specific beach volleyball techniques they would... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, there as well. That might have happened to me last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you played against one of my old partners. And he, he couldn't even jump, and he still lost. <laughs> and he's fifty. Oh my god, we killed him in the first set. <laughs> Did you see the first set? No, I missed it. On I, I don't even know if they got ten points. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. That was a really interesting experience. Uh, yeah. I always tell myself I'm going to learn something yeah. new uh, in the morning before I play a tournament. Yeah. That day was the first time I was actually really interested in winning a game. And yeah. the ref did something that was yeah. against me and wrong. Yeah. And I, I've... <laughs> it's funny, I, I coach people and I tell... So at times I've coached people, but I've been the ref coaching. And I've literally told them that I might sometimes ref wrong. Yeah. Because you need to be able to handle yeah. what happens mentally to you when that happens. Yeah. But it's never hit me that strong that I was actually that interested in winning a game and a ref didn't. Like, I, it was the first time I really, like, blacked out out of yeah. rage. Yeah. <laughs> but it was crazy interesting to, to, to both have that happen to you but also like try to realize that oh this is the stuff i talk about my when i coach yeah. people like yeah. now i just need to calm down yeah. and uh i wasn't i didn't have enough repetitions in that yeah. like uh that's one thing that i need more real life real game repetitions in yeah uh, and probably more i think i can visualize it and get kind of reps from it that way too because I've done it before, but it's just never hit me that hard yeah. with that intensity. Yeah. Uh, which was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, one one thing with, with the approach that you are taking uh, is that you don't really train yourself in the um, wanting to win. 
you're you have a very scientific uh, way of doing it, which uh-huh. I think is really good. Uh huh. But there's a risk in not putting yourself out there and not sort of uh, saying I really, really want to win this tournament. Uh huh. Yeah. And if I fail, that's gonna sting. Yeah. I think yeah. you need to train that aspect as well. I I think so too. I think it's everything needs yeah. to be taken care of sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Because I mean, I th- I think it's okay that it stings when you lose. Yeah. As long as you say, okay, this sucks. I want to do everything I can to have this not happen again because I want to win the next one. But still, it it should sting. Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe not for two weeks, but uh, no. Half an hour. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I. Yep. It's. Uh, I'm a weirdo. I have a. I have still have six years to my goal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm. I'm so far. I'm still imagining that I will have time to take care of that and get more value out of the hours I spent taking care of yep. that after I fixed something else before. It was fun watching you play. I mean, you're. We got to train together mm-hmm. last week before my back crashed on me <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're a better player than i thought that's interesting so i mean i hadn't seen you play before so yeah it was yeah. it was good yeah that's cool yeah it's uh yeah as as i always say like this is a this whole project this absolute whole thing is just a personal experience yeah. uh, experiment in saying yeah. can i pull this thing off yeah i mean you're not far from uh, being good enough uh, to play on the Swedish beach tour, so maybe you're, not. You're maybe not. quite early in your uh, long-term <laughs> plan. So. Yeah, I'm still halfway. Yeah, and and literally the the plan was to get to that level yeah. where I could play on the Swedish tour. Yeah. yeah, my plan was to try to get there in eleven years. Yeah, and uh, which I thought was a ridiculous goal because I literally didn't do both sports as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but it's uh, yeah. We'll see if I can pull this off. I, I'm seeing more and more positively on it. Yeah, for, for sure. Time. But I also know that I have my plans with my technique and whatnot that most people don't even know what, what my plans are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's there's there's one thing about sports, which is the sports versus life. Sometimes you can try concepts in sports on a smaller scale than in life and see that a concept works yeah and then you start trusting it more so then you can um then you can bet on that the concept will work again in a bigger time frame yeah uh i don't know if that makes sense but it's kind of like hmm what if i plan something and then execute instead of just executing and then you do that once with a shopping list and you say, yep. oh shit, it works. I actually shop better when I have a shopping list. Yep. Well, what if I plan this year yep. and then you see that this year actually works better? Well, what if I plan this fucking 11 years? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of the concept of learning how to learn. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, and <clears throat> That's also an interesting concept about uh, reliability of being reliable that what you say you're going to do, what you want to do, you're going to do it. Which I think is a reason why showing up in time for practice is important. 
I think it goes back to the old uh, do your bed, like the military. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, it's sort of a little bit the same. But if, if you can rely on... If I say I'm going to lose five pounds mm-hmm. the next month and I do it, that strengthens uh, my feeling of I'm do. if I set the plan and then do it, that's, that's who I am. I always do what I say. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think uh, if you if you sort of uh, show up late for practice, if you blame other things, you, you sort of strengthen that identity. It's, yeah. It goes back yeah. to the identity goal thing that I talked about as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it's it, a big lesson in that for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if if you want to act if you if you want to become a gold medalist at the Olympics, and you decide, I'm going to act like it. It's not going to be hard for you when someone asks you, do you want to go out for beers? Mm-hmm. No. If if the image of an uh, Olympic gold medalist for you is someone who doesn't drink beer, it's easy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I won the gold at the Olympics. I don't go out and drink beer. Yeah. I don't smoke. I train Saturday mornings. It's it's what I do. Uh-huh. Exactly. For sure. I, I actually just... Uh, uh, a week or so ago, put up a, a little piece of paper with the words, I eat healthy on my fridge at home. <laughs> <laughs> Has that worked? <laughs> Not very well so far. <laughs> but it's it's made a small improvement. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just need to get started. Yeah. Was, over time, you pick it up. You I was going momentum. for 100% improvement. Uh, no, uh, no chips, no candy, no... Stupid stuff, but I probably gained twenty five percent just by putting up a piece of paper on my fridge, which is kind of cool. Yeah, maybe I'll put up three more and I'll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also do think that you, once your brain starts getting used to thinking that way, like you're a little bit less prone to, to eat candy now. I, and over I hope time so. That will yeah. gain momentum and. I've done too few of these experiments. I, I mean, I, you, you listen to Tim Ferriss a bit, uh-huh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he does these uh, stupid things. Goes to the grocery store and lies down on the floor just to be uncomfortable and uh-huh. stupid <laughs> stuff like that. I think I do way too too few of them. Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> I think Cold showers is one of those things. It's the I, best. Actually, yeah, I actually tried for a long time and it's so stupid that I stopped. You actually did it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? Every day for a month once and then sporadically every now and then. Uh I loved it. Yeah. It's perfect. And I mean, I I think that's also a key concept. Most people know what they have to do. Uh Be in time for practice. Be focused during practice. Warm up. Take care of your injuries. Eat well. Sleep well. People Mm -hmm. know what they have to do, but they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, sure, we can talk about what's the best uh, technique for uh, for handsetting, for example. And maybe mm-hmm. we don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the big things, the big picture things, everybody knows. Yeah. It's just hard to do it. Yeah. Uh, how long are we going here? I should probably... <laughs> I I kind of knew this was going to get long, but... Uh, let's see. 
Over two hours. My wife just texted him, when, when are you coming? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So then that means I'm going to save this bunch of other questions for maybe later. Uh, but <clears throat> something I want to ask, which is uh, they ask at, at the Sandcast, I, I love that question, is is there something that we haven't talked about that you really wish that we would have? Is there something that you feel we missed? Something that you're like, ah, I really want to. <laughs> or do you feel like you? I don't know, Alex. My brain is kind of cooked now. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I, 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 I often come back to the to this that it, it sounds corny, maybe, but ask the question, why? What's the purpose? And I mean, it's a big difference if if the goal is to become the best. I. There's a Swedish uh, mental podcast that I really like, a couple hundred episodes, which is cool. And he talks about the discrepancy between what you want and the amount of work you put in to get that. Uh So, for example, if if you say I want to weigh 80 kilos, Uh but you weigh 90 and you don't work out and you eat unhealthy... And you still always go around saying, oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm overweight, I'm overweight. And you, you sort of, on a scale from 1 to 10, you say, it's a 10, I want to weigh 80 kilos. Uh-huh. But you only put in a 6 of work. Uh-huh. You, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so. so the discrepancy between how much you think or feel or actually want something and the amount of work you put into it. I think the discrepancy there is a big thing for people in beach volleyball and in life. Uh-huh. So I think that if, if you can take that step back and say, all right, it, right now it feels like I want to weigh 80 kilos a 10, but is it really that important to me? Am I uh, willing to put in the amount of work? Do I want to become the uh, Sweden's best beach volleyball player? Am I willing to put in that amount of work? It's a 10 on the one scale. Is it also a 10 on the, yeah, put in the work uh-huh. scale? Yeah. And I think a, a person is uh, worth as much if they uh, don't care about beach volleyball at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that that's never what I'm saying. Yeah, there's no but value in a way. I, I think if I... If, if I were to teach people something of the things I've learned over the years, is that if you think that it's a 10 on I want to become the best beach volleyball player in Sweden, but it, they only put in four or five of the work and constantly feel bad about it, I think they can do something better. They can either say, yeah, it's a five. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it being a five. Beach volleyball is fun, but I don't care if I become the best in Sweden. I want to be pretty good. I want to see how far I can go. I want to train twice a week. It's fine. I have a good life. I like beach volleyball. If they want it a 10 and do the work that it requires to to be a 10, that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But I think that discrepancy is often a big problem yeah. and not only in beach volleyball. So it's like a miscalibration between expectations and... Uh what you do to, yeah. to meet those expectations. Yeah. I, I want to be rich. Do you do the work? Do you work 80 hours a week? 
Do you read all the books on how to get rich? Do you contact the rich people and see how they did? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever, you can apply the concept to anything, basically. And I I think the the biggest problem for people who are unhappy is that discrepancy. That really touched base with me. And uh, What do you mean? I I think... um, when, when there's a difference between how much you think you want something, how much it feels like you want something, uh-huh. and the, the amount of work, I think that makes people unhappy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Because then you constantly feel like a failure. It goes mm-hmm. back to your identity. Mm-hmm. I want this, I want this, but I can't get it. Yeah. I'm the kind of person who doesn't do the work. I'm the person who can't reach my goals. So either do the work, reach the goals that way, or lower your goals. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. But stay calibrated in the expectations versus, yeah. versus reality. I, when we started this group a couple of years ago, I, I had really, really, really high expectations, probably higher than any of the players had. The training group? Yes, yeah. the training mm-hmm. group. Uh, and I probably wasn't clear with myself or the players about how high my expectations were. Uh-huh. Um, so I think... That was a problem uh, in in that sense. <laughs> yeah, so then there was like a disconnect within the yeah, group in yeah. a way. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, what I was uh, trying to come to, I lost my train of thought again. What I was trying to come to was that that was what gave me purpose as a coach at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And for, uh, for, uh, for a while, uh, nothing less... Uh, gave me motivation to coach uh-huh. but now uh, I helped a couple of groups this spring uh, and uh, they are people who are really good mm-hmm. They, some of them play on the Swedish beach tour um, but they train two or three times a week mm-hmm. they have full time jobs uh, they're not elite in that way mm-hmm. so what I had to do was to sort of uh, change the the scope of it and say all right of at those two or three practices we can still go marginal gains yeah we can still within that confined time yeah we can go what will this make the boat go faster or will this make the bike go faster mm-hmm. so um that was a way for me to sort of trick myself into uh, being motivated to coach again mm-hmm. i see yeah, so basically going to optimizing what you have rather yeah, than yeah. be pissed off or over yeah. what you don't yeah. have in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's optimization is, is the key. <laughs> and yeah, in, in we should always question everything. Also yeah. the, the total amount of hours we put in. Yeah. And One of the, the, the new uh, Swedish men's uh, head coach. Uh-huh. Uh, I interviewed him for, for my podcast last year. And he, he talked about uh, quality per hour as a very important thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. His players put in the hours. Now we really have to improve the quality per hour. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that concept. Uh, it's right in line with, with how I think about things. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Me too. Me too. Uh, huh. Okay. This is the last one. <laughs> this is my favorite question as a coach. So 
sometimes if I ha- if I coach a group and I have time over in the left or there's people are not running off to the next errand room straight after. I actually love asking them what could I have done better during the session as a coach. Yep. Because that's I tell them it's my favorite question because that's literally where I get my biggest coaching insights. Yeah. That's the most direct feedback. Sometimes I have to tell people we're I mean we're in Scandinavia. People don't like to be direct and and and, uh, and sort of rude to, towards yep. each other. Like sometimes I tell them be as fucking rude as you want. Like because yep. that's where I learn the most from. Yeah. Uh, people seem to appreciate that uh so i guess we have just recorded a podcast episode <laughs> is there something i should learn for the future is there something i should do better except having a better mic setup that doesn't break off every now and then my first thought is that i've learned something that i can uh, use for my uh, podcast when i pick it up again and that is that everything doesn't have to be uh, perfectly planned uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, what people are going to think when they listen to this, but uh, a a sort of a perfectionist, struggling perfectionist. Uh I think there's merit in just doing stuff and see where it's going. Uh Yeah. I would. Yeah. So more maybe that uh, my my first thought is that I've learned something. Okay, interesting. <laughs> you learned from my sloppiness. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're like you're... literally like, hey, you need to be on time to practice. Yeah. <laughs> and you're walking yeah. in there and I'm like, fucking shit, the microphone is not up yet. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm, I, I, it's it, it all it always comes back to the question: What do you want? Mm-hmm. You want to put up put out good stuff for people who want to get better at beach volleyball and want to think about how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you spend all your time uh, uh, working the small details mm-hmm. in, for example, this podcast uh, episode, maybe it doesn't come out. Maybe it's not two and a half hours. Uh, maybe you will only put out one episode. Maybe the next five people that you interview aren't going to be interviewed. Yeah, yeah. So it's better to 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 do stuff and get it out. I yeah. there's a I mean there are so many good podcasts and YouTube channels out uh, with stuff like this. There's an American uh, woman who basically coaches. Uh, uh, people who want to lose weight or stop drinking. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, yeah. She she always talks about uh, uh, set your goal high, but be happy with uh, the B minus. I think it's B minus. She is happy with. So for uh-huh. a perfectionist as me, who's always sort of going for an A and never getting things done. Uh huh. Going for B minus is a really big challenge. Yeah. But B minus for her seemed to be the sweet spot where it's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but still gets done. Yeah. 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 It's uh, and I've been a perfectionist myself too in many ways. Yeah. 
and uh, I guess yeah people told me like you just need the momentum like yeah. you need to start creating and not yeah because I, I see the flaws in my videos all over yeah. <laughs> maybe even more than other people yeah. or maybe I've created a filter where I see them anymore I'm not completely yeah. sure but I, I do retakes and sometimes I recreate the whole videos because I'm not happy with how yeah. they ended up you should watch my first online business I've ever created it's, okay. it's it's still up there and it's yeah. still making me money cool. it's so fucking cringe worthy like the video the introduction video for that whole thing is so bad yeah. <laughs> you should watch it just yeah. as a mental practice i will i will because <laughs> it's but it works it's it's amazing yeah and so i guess i guess i learned there that sometimes you just have to create stuff yeah <laughs> and, and believe that good enough is good enough yeah but always strive to get better I yeah, mean, I'm, this is all new to me as well. Yeah, um, hopefully I learn with time. <laughs> yeah, but the same with coaching. I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. Yeah, or I had some ideas that I believed in strongly, and then the rest I figured out as I went went on. Yeah, there's also. I mean, it, it might have sounded like I talk sort of uh, that I don't think there are any good coaches um, I'm not sure if it sounded like that but <laughs> I, didn't I, th I think that that, I think there's uh, it's a good concept is 80 20 uh-huh like if you know 20% uh, of or, or if you if you know some stuff mm -hmm. about being a coach you can you can usually get a lot of stuff done yeah that's that's right like if you have 20 percent of the coaching stuff right yeah you, you can, can basically survive on that yeah i think that's what i did in the beginning yeah and um, i mean to 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 get the the last 20 percent for a group of uh, beach volleyball players maybe you have to do the do 80 percent of the job as to become a better coach yeah so even if you don't know all the details, know everything perfect, you yeah. can probably still be a, a pretty good coach. That's a really interesting point because literally still to this day, uh, maybe half of the good feedback I get when I coach is on that 20% that I did differently from the beginning, Yeah, which I still have never seen any other coach ever do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's uh, it's interesting. So yeah, I think I've survived a lot on that. And obviously, I'm trying to uh, to build all the other parts of the coaching yeah. too, uh, yeah. to become more whole. Um, I mean, there's there's definite value in doing the stuff that other people don't think about. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, that's. I feel like that's a pretty good roundup i feel like this podcast has been a lot about about a, about a lot of things that most people don't think of maybe let's do it again <laughs> restart the whole thing yeah. no but soon yeah i'm yeah. super down yeah. i have a, still have this long list of questions here really <laughs> we could do this for hours more <laughs> uh, oh what did you say Let's call it uh, an episode. Yeah, let's call this an episode. Thanks so much for coming here. Thanks, Alex. This was a lot of fun. Yep. And uh, next time you're in Gothenburg. Yeah, exactly. Swedish Beach Tour in uh, 
a couple of months. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Cool. Thank you for listening into these podcast episodes. I hope, as always, that they have been insightful. Uh, so there's a um, few small, quick things. Um, first of all, for everyone that understands Swedish, <laughs> that might be some Swedish, some Norwegian, maybe some Danish, maybe some Finnish listeners. Um, I would, of course, want to recommend the Yuan's uh, Swedish Beach Volleyball podcast as well. He, if you're like, <laughs> you know, craving for materials, craving for more content to learn beach volleyball from while taking walks or whatever you might be doing, uh, there's um, those episodes are out there. He hasn't been active with the podcast uh, for a while, but there's episodes uh, waiting there. And um, who knows, maybe one day he will take them up again. Uh, other than that, if anyone wants to contact you on for whatever reason, maybe you think his ideas were interesting, who knows what. Um, he said that people can contact him uh, via Facebook. He's actually in the Facebook group that I have for the Learn Beach Wall Wall Fast uh, project. So, so you can find them even there. Um, so yeah, regarding the Facebook group... Um, as I said in the end of the podcast episode to Yuan, I asked him for feedback and ideas of what I had done well, what I hadn't done so well. Uh, in reality, this actual conversation that we had was the first one that I ever was the first conversation that I ever recorded for the podcast. So it was a little bit nervous for me, uh, and I was trying things out. I had this idea that I really like. Uh, free-flowing conversations that just get to go wherever they go and uh, well that's for sure what happened and it ended up being very 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 long and and taking up three episodes uh, so but what I wanted to ask you guys if you don't mind is is did you like it was it was it too free-flowing was it too long was it just over the board that I just made three episodes or was it sort of nice that you know there was no limits. It was just ball inert out as much as you want and with no time pressure. Uh, sometimes the best things comes out of that when you don't have the time pressure. Um, because I just want to create a good podcast for you guys. And um, I'm open for continuing having these crazy free-flowing conversations. I'm also open to having more uh, structured. Um, some of the episodes I have recorded after this podcast are more structured and they're going to be released soon. Um, but yeah, any ideas and, and thoughts, I'm, I'm happy to have them and, uh, and to learn from them. So yeah, if you want to send something to me, you can, there's many ways you can do it. You can join the Facebook group and, and post it there. I think the Facebook group is called the Learn Beach Volleyball Fast Community. And uh, well, you can find it in the YouTube descriptions, podcast descriptions, etc. Or you can drop some comments on, on YouTube or you can send me an email uh, my email is on, uh, you can find it on learnbeachvolvofast.com. So yeah, there's many ways to, to send me feedback. Thanks for listening. I haven't quite yet decided what the next episode is going to be about. I have a few recorded, but I'll have to think a little bit about that. Anyway, I hope I hear and see you soon. Thanks. Bye.